0: Eagles get back in the winning column, although not pretty. And it's not the win that we expected. It started out good, but it turned out to be more stressful than necessary and end it with a scuffle or an argument, I should say, on the sidelines between the head coach and some players, looked like there was some confusion, and then that carried over into the locker room where players like A.J. Brown declined to speak to the media. Things are confusing to say the least with the Eagles, but they got the win that they needed, broke the three-game losing streak, and recaptured first place in the NFC East. but it's not all bad. So let's for for a change let's start with the good. The, the well, the Dallas Cowboys lost again to the Miami Dolphins, although closer than the game against the Bills. And the 49ers get handled to say the least by the Baltimore Ravens. And so for Eagles fans, I guess you could say there's hope. They look mortal. Although the Ravens are a lot better of a football team than the Eagles at this moment. But maybe we saw some chinks in their armor that could be exposed if we were to face them again. Unfortunately, that game will most likely be in San Francisco because of that Seattle loss. Which turns out to be a real killer because home field could have went back through the link. But like I said, Dallas looks average um, to slightly above average. They lose to Miami after losing to Buffalo. And the Niners just come out, and nothing they do worked against Baltimore. Brock Purdy probably lost the MVP in one game with, I think, five interceptions. Um, he was he was really probably close to a shoe-in prior to that game. All he had to do was kind of just play okay. And it looks like now he, he lost that award, and probably looks like Lamar Jackson, barring any catastrophes from him in the final two games will re- will claim that award. However, um look, Baltimore showed you how to beat them, right? Except there's one thing. Uh, well, they show you how to beat them in one way. They don't they don't react to their motion and all their craziness. They kind of just they play this zone, this matchup zone defense that that kind of focuses on the quarterback and they close space quickly. But the problem is Baltimore has the horses in the, in the secondary and on their defense to, to do it. And I don't know that we do, or for sure, for sure I know that we don't. But maybe maybe there's something that we could take from that or the coaching staff can take from that to say, hey, maybe this team isn't unbeatable like, like it looked like they were going into that game. So we'll see how the last two weeks go. The Niners play Washington this week in Washington, and then they go home and play the Rams, who are not a team you want to play right now. So maybe, I don't know, could the Niners lose that game Um, and the Eagles recapture home field if they can take care of business, which is no guarantee at this point. Uh, I guess that's still possible, although I don't know how likely it is, although the Rams will need that game desperately. Um, Dallas has has handed you, unless you fumble the opportunity, so to speak, has handed you back the division, which I think is important to get a home game. Um, although the Eagles, once again, do not pass the eye test. And that's all I can go by. I can't go by wins and losses. I have to go by my eyes and my gut. And for... However many weeks now in a row, subtracting that they won, they just do not seem to pass that eye test. So will they beat the Cardinals and the Giants? I don't know. Looks like the Giants may have Tyrod Taylor starting next game in New York. They just saw us, played us tough, although we we shot ourselves in the foot a lot with some stupid turnovers and um, uh, some penalties, but I guess that could happen again. Uh, the Cardinals are also a pathetic team but they'll want to beat us so that is not a guarantee but but I guess uh, as we sit here today on December 28th it looks like the Eagles may win the division uh, with with a very very small percentage chance to win the con- win the conference and get and still get a bye, which would be a miracle at this point. Um, but I guess it's still not out of the out of the equation. So so what happens Sunday so they get out to a fast start uh, that they need it. Um, some good punt returns early by Covey gives them good field position that they capitalize on. They get up, I think 20 to three, um, and then I'm not really sure what happened. They had a buff. They had a kind of a botched punt to start the second half, which gave the Giants the ball, I think within the 10 or close, which I mean, a, a, a kickoff, I'm sorry, botched a kickoff that I. I, it, that doesn't happen. You don't see that much. I mean, they, Zacchaeus and, and Boston Scott just run into each other. Um, and, and there's a fumble. There's an interception by Jalen uh, where Dallas Goddard kind of trips and falls down that goes back uh, for seven. Um, and the game became interesting quick. Uh, I think they were up 30-18 to 18 with about five and a half, six minutes. Looked like it's over. Giants score in the blink of an eye. Um Reed Blankenship just gets beat and make it 30-25 to 25 and then get the field goal 33-25. And, and Giants have, have an opportunity late, although I don't think they had any timeouts and had to go a far distance, um, and they weren't able to do it. So the game was close. I think we saw a lot of the same. I think we saw poor execution. We saw very poor play calling, um, some stupidity at times. We saw Jalen Hurts at the end of the first half not go out of bounds with no timeouts. Luckily, there's a delay of game penalty called, which you never see that. That that gives them three points still. Um, Jalen Carter jumps off sides twice, like, very stupidly. Um, So stuff against better teams that would, you know, would really kind of um, shoot you in the foot. Uh, Again, the turnovers, we don't force any turnovers. Um, We get no pressure again really, with our front. I actually think the defense has looked a little bit better the last two weeks, although against worse competition. But I thought our coverage has been okay, for the most part, okay. I, sh- I stress the word okay. Um, I thought Shaq Leonard played okay on Sunday, played the best that he's played since he's been here, although he still had some mistakes out there. Um, but defensive line, no pressure, right? And and we don't get turnovers, and, and we we turn the ball over. And that continued. They don't look like a well-prepared team. They don't look like a team that's having fun. The play calling is juvenile. It's they don't have any plays to beat a blitz. Um, I've watched some tape here in the last few days that really highlighted that on, on on blitzing downs, third and you know eight or nine, and they just have guys running go routes and asking Jalen Hurts to make something happen. It's it's confusing. They went over the middle one time to Devontae Smith that went for a touchdown. They did not really go back over the middle again. And there were moments in that game I thought they could have ate some clock and they just passed, pass, pass. They did run better. I thought it was, a, it was a better um, executed run plays and better designed run plays. Although, again, you're playing a, a bad team, so it's hard to judge. There's not a lot you're going to get out of that game as far as feeling good about it unless you kind of rolled them. Which, after losing three games in a row the way they did, you would think they would come home and roll that team. Tommy DeVito could not move the ball at all. And so they had a real opportunity to put that game away and didn't. And that's been kind of the, the narrative for the year. And so I would expect it to be the same the next two weeks. I, I don't see why that changes now. We're very deep. We have a lot of data to show who they are. But they did get back in the winning column. But what is concerning to me, I have a, a a theory just from watching, and I think I've said this here the last few weeks, that something is going on that we're not privy to in that locker room. And I don't know if it's um, somebody who is causing problems I don't know if it's a lack of confidence or belief in the coaching staff or a coach Um, but they're souring on somebody and it's extremely apparent to anybody who's watching this is not just a team that uh, oh well we need to be playing better yeah maybe that's some of it but you won a game you got back in the winning column it's Christmas Day Nobody's smiling. Nobody's happy. And to end the game, Nick Sirianni is in a verbal, I don't even know if it's a confrontation, but in, in dialogue with multiple people at the same time. So defensive line coach and him are in discussion. And it looked somewhat heated. Hassan Redick is running to the sideline. Nick is yelling at him to get back on the field. I mean, that's stuff you see in, like, Pee Wee football. He's yelling at him to get back on the field. So there's some confusion there. Devontae Smith, who doesn't talk, probably one of the most soft-spoken, quiet players on the team, is next to Nick. Now, they're on defense. Is next to Nick obviously saying something? What? I don't know. But he has some words for Nick. And Nick is talking back to him. You then have A.J. Brown walking by Nick with like a death stare. And so they spin it as, well, Nick Nick is just trying to, you know, he's got to get his emotions in control and he's he really wants to win and, you know, he's not staying calm enough. But he's never been calm. So it's, it. I don't know that it's that. A.J. Brown declines to talk to the media, saying, I was told if I have nothing good to say, not to talk at all. What's that about? Devontae Smith clearly says, I'm not happy with this at all. I don't care that we have 11 wins. We're not playing well. There's reports that Jason Kelsey is standing at Jalen Hurts' locker for a long period of time after the game in his uniform. I mean, this is Christmas. He has little kids. You would think, hey, we won. Let me get out of here and go see the family. In, in a very serious discussion, Jalen and Devontae also in the locker room in a very serious discussion. So what the heck is going on? I mean, Nick's been there for, what, three years now? So they know Nick. This team went to the Super Bowl last year with basically the same roster, You could maybe argue that it even improved in some areas. But the core guys are still there. They've changed coordinators. But there's something afoot in that locker room. We go back to Jalen's comments last week about not everyone's committed. What's that mean? There's, there's talk about, there's people that wish Jalen was more vocal or more, you know, when things aren't going well. Who's that coming from? So you don't know what to believe. And I, I don't believe everything that I hear. But this isn't just what I hear. This is what I see on the sidelines. And I don't see a lot. I see Marcus Mariota now more involved with Jalen, talking to him following him up and down the sideline in, in discussion. I haven't seen that a lot this year. So there's just things going on and maybe losing magnified that, but they just won and maybe they didn't win in the fashion they expected to, or they think they could. But this team is suffering from a confidence crisis an identity crisis and nothing looks good. They don't even win pretty. Right? I mean, even go back to Buffalo and Kansas City. I mean, even those games weren't. You didn't, they didn't win with any grace. It, 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 was, it was like, wow. I can't believe we won those games. And, and those are tougher teams. But Washington, I mean, a lot of their wins this year were like that. And I don't know what else to say other than what my eyes tell me. To me, it's... We talked about last week about the confidence from San Francisco and Dallas beating them up. For sure, that was some of it. I don't think they were used to that. They weren't used to losing in that fashion probably in their whole entire lives. I mean, most of these guys went to big programs, at least the, the core players. <clears throat> There's obviously a lack of confidence with the play calling. And, and that's now evident, right? Because when you lose... Now everyone's looking at film and everyone's putting it out there and it's out there. And I see it every day. Multiple breakdowns of just poor play calling. Poor play design. Poor route concepts. Predictable calls. And at this point to me... It's on Nick. I mean, Brian Johnson has taken a lot of heat, deservingly so. But Nick at this point, as a head coach, should have righted the ship. You can't just say every week, we got to be better. We're not playing to the standard. I got you. But like these plays, what are these screen plays? They're horrible. They're the worst design screenplays I've ever seen. So, if Brian Johnson is kind of teeing up the calls, that's maybe a problem. He doesn't have a good feel for the calls, but it's Nick's play sheet, I think. Or he has to, he tells us it is. If it isn't, he's got a heavy hand in it. And if he doesn't, then maybe, then I don't really know what to say about him because at this point, as a leader, of the team, you would, and he's an offensive guy. He's not a defensive guy. He came from an offensive, he came from offensive coaching position. So that's that's what he should be able to fix, and he hasn't. And so I've gotten flashbacks from twenty twenty one, where the play calls seem to also be um, amateur. I remember the Tampa playoff game thinking, wow. I remember I did a podcast about it, talking about, wow, they just load the box because they know the Eagles don't throw the ball downfield. Everything's at the line of scrimmage. And Jalen ran more than, and they just said, beat us. And we it took us like a quarter and a half to figure out to throw the ball over the middle and open some things up. And I see a lot of that again. There's nothing over the middle all the route concepts are to the sideline. There's a lot of go routes. They don't utilize the backs well. And so as, as bad as Jalen has looked at times, and I, I actually, you know, he has not been as good as far as turning the ball over. I don't think he's been as bad as people say when I watch. I mean, there's been mistakes for sure. Many more mistakes than last year. Reminiscent of two years ago, he's made poor decisions, definitely. I don't know enough about whose job it is when they're blitzing. Like, is he able to audible? I I think he is. I don't know. I don't know what they discuss. Maybe he's not picking things up as well as he should. They don't utilize all the receivers. They don't use their number three Julio Jones at all, which I think could be a guy that you could use, but they don't look to him at all. They don't try to get him involved at all. So they have like weapon. They have bullets left in the chamber that they don't even look to. And so to me, that, that's the sign of just a poorly designed offense that's just not creative. And they become very easy to guard and very easy to defend. And until they figure out a way to call plays to beat a blitz, they're just going to continue to see blitzes. And they don't seem to change much week to week. Like, I said to somebody the other day, if I'm Nick, I try to think through, if I'm Nick and I'm hearing all the heat about, man, your offense is, is doesn't look good. And I mean, why don't you just lock yourself in a room and watch every game from last year where Shane Steichen was calling the plays. And maybe he was designing the offense. I don't know. But it was a much different look. Much different scheme. And, like, sit in there with Brian Johnson and Jalen and whoever— And just go over it and just say, all right, let's come out of this room with 20 plays from last year that we've really liked, that Jalen, you really feel good about. Kind of what they did to Nick Foles in the Super Bowl year with Frank Reich. Like, what do you, Jalen, what do you love to run? Let's sit in here from last year. What worked? They obviously know it. It's the same guys. And let's try that. Like, let's try that for two weeks. Like, let, let's, let's just change it up for two weeks. Let's, like, call Jalen's 20 favorite plays from Shane Steichen's playbook last year. He should know them. Brian Johnson was here as the quarterback coach. They should know them. I don't know. Are those plays just not in the play sheet anymore? <clears throat> or do we just not call them? So does Brian Johnson just not dial them up? If that was the case, wouldn't Jalen and him discuss that? Like, there's just so many questions at this point. This isn't week three. You have two games left. For the same problem to continue to arise. And he doesn't look comfortable, Jalen. He doesn't look sure of himself. He, he looks much different pre-snap. And to me, it's just it's just a, a, an indictment on the playbook and the play calls. Which you would think, as professionals, all of which who have been here before, Brian Johnson, Nick, and Jalen, and the receivers, and the line, Would have hashed this out by now. Okay guys. Let's get back to basics. Like go be a copycat. Like go study San Fran. Put in two wrinkles that they do. Use Devontae in motion in the backfield. Like do something weird. Use De- Use De- uh, DeAndre Swift in the slot. Like do something different. There's no real wrinkles. The only wrinkle I saw last week. Was they threw from under center. Which that <clears throat> I was told that. I think Brian Baldinger said he looked at every play from under center and they run every time. Last, last week they did throw, and I think it was for a completion. So that was like one wrinkle. But that that's not it's clearly not enough. So either we have like a Chip Kelly situation where Nick is very stubborn and he just wants to stick to his stuff, <clears throat> or it's an incompetent situation where they don't know what to do when what they're doing stopped working. Or lack of leadership or too much um too much power given to someone like Brian Johnson and Nick two hands offish. Like it, it's something like that. I don't I just don't know. I don't know enough about what it is. But they know. And maybe that's what you're seeing. I do think something that'll help their confidence though is I, I think the Niners getting beat up a little bit, might be get a rise in them a little. Like, okay. Like, I think I think the, the foregone conclusion for the last three weeks to a month, since they played San Francisco, however long ago that was, three weeks, four weeks, <clears throat> was, at least outside that locker room, was, okay, there's no way this team can beat the Niners in San Fran. Probably anywhere, but in San Fran for sure. So that probably uh, carried over into the locker room, right? I'm sure... I don't know that they think that negatively, but I'm sure when they beat you up and Dallas beats you up and you lose to Seattle and then you play bad against the Giants, like that's got to be in your head a little bit, right? Like, all right, we we just, we're not playing well and they just showed us they can beat us and they talked about it for a year. No way we can beat them. Like if they're not even saying it, some of them are thinking it probably, for sure. But then they just saw the Niners get beat up because they probably watched that game, some of them, Christmas night. So maybe they have hope. Maybe so. Okay, guys, Niners aren't unbeatable. Let's get back to doing what we do. Let's shake this off. <clears throat> they have what's, what's shocking is they have a lot of leaders in that locker room and veterans. So you would think like a locker room thing is the last thing you'd be thinking about. And I, I believe we'll probably find out after the year somehow. Someone will report it. But there's something going on for sure. For sure. And the losing has magnified it. So let me give you my pick here of the week. Um, been on a little bit of a streak here. Let, let's go with Dallas. Dallas plays Saturday night. Coming off two tough losses at home against the Lions. The line is five and a half at the moment. I don't love the line. It's made up. The Lions are 11 and four. <clears throat> that line should be more like three and a half. Um but Dallas is great at home. I, let's look for them to get back on the winning side of things. I, I do believe they'll win the game on the money line for sure. Love them there. <clears throat> five and a half could be tricky, but we'll take we'll take the five and a half or we'll lay the five and a half uh, Saturday night against Detroit. Um, some other good games: uh, Ravens, Dolphins. That's a good one. That's probably for the. Uh, conference for the bye. If the Ravens win that game, they'd get a bye. If the Dolphins get it, I think they would get it. Um, Buffalo, hot on the Dolphins' trail. Buffalo's as hot as they get. They're 9-6. and six. If, the, if Buffalo wins out and the Dolphins lose one more, I think Buffalo would win that division, which would be shocking. Um, Kansas City... They've lost four of six. They're at home against the Bengals. I think I'd like them to get back on the winning side of things, but seven's a high line, so I'd probably maybe stay away from the seven, the way they're playing and the way they look offensively especially. So I like Dallas, but there are some good games on the card, some good some good games Monday, um, Alabama and Michigan in the college football playoff, and Texas and Washington. <clears throat> I like in those games... I like a rematch. I like an Alabama-Texas rematch. Texas beat them already this year. So Alabama's getting one and a half. I like Bama. Texas minus four. I like Texas. For a uh that'd be a great rematch. Texas, Alabama in the college football championship. And then there's a game I like um, a bit on Saturday. Old Miss Penn State. Old Miss plus four and a half. I, I like Old Miss plus the four and a half. So gave you a couple picks this week. See how I do. Um, hope everybody had a good Christmas and um, and Happy New Year. Thanks for joining.